Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Gary V Audio Experience. We have an awesome episode for you today, but we just want to remind you before the episode starts that if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, please leave your comments in the Q&A section under this episode. If you're listening on Apple, Google, or anywhere in between, please tweet Gary at Gary V. Make sure you join the Discord to stay up to date on all things V Friends, and we hope you enjoy this episode. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Gary, how are you? <laughs> Good. The office is rocking today. We are starting to get back at VaynerX land. We've been pretty remote all year with a little bit of optional, but next year we're coming back stronger with what I think is going to be a really fun schedule for everyone. You know, not five mandatory days, but two uh, with a mix. And I think we're going to test it. And I'm excited That's about right. it. But I'm also excited about to say hello to Alex Ray and Palmer A and Janine Kelly on uh, LinkedIn, Jamie Lee Piscox in South Wales, UK on Facebook, uh, Hugh, who works at Vayner, Hugh, or <laughs> I see Hugh, uh, and here on YouTube. So represent. You, our, you know, TV 3.0 genius, Karina B right. on Facebook. Uh, just great to see everybody, Vicky J. Uh, who's saying happy birthday, Nick Dio? I mean, Vicky J is on top Ooh. of her. So, anyway, glad to be yeah, here with a great lineup. Yeah, no, we're super fired up to have everybody joining us. The last episode of this year, I can't believe it. The sun is shining outside, but it is cold and icy, but we're going to heat it up. We're going to talk a little bit about. Um, the look back on 2022 as we're gearing up for 2023. Uh, and we decided to bring a bunch of our friends and family, our clients and some partners and things like that to talk about what they've learned so they can throw down some insights. So super excited to have, to bring up Tim Armstrong first. So he is from Disney to Google to AOL to Verizon, and now he's the CEO and founder of Floco, and he's going to tell you all about what he's up to. So nice to have you, Tim. Good to see you both. I'm excited you a lot this year. So awesome to spend time. And Gary, Tim, it's good, great to uh, see you, brother. Good to end How the year. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing? Give me how, give me your uh, one through 10 on how you're feeling by the end of the year. 10, 10 being awesome. How are you feeling? Um, I would say a seven. And only reasons not eight, nine, and 10 is because the Jets have lost to the Vikings and the Bills in back-to-back weeks. <laughs> And I'm really sad about football right now. But otherwise, actually a 10. 10 for, 10 for real life, negative three for current state of football feeling, though at 10 overall because it's finally a good season. All right, let's not take up too much time. You're one of the true iconic businessmen of the last 20 years, in my opinion, being at the helm of a lot of digital leadership roles in some of the biggest companies. I'm actually smiling when you were getting introed because your backdrop looks like you're still on the campus at Google or somewhere right now. I've, I don't know where you are, but it's making me smile. Stanford, uh, my beautiful Stanford, Connecticut. I'm at the Flow Code offsite at the end of the year. Uh, well, thank at. you for doing this. I'm going to let you, you know, we started a little late and you've got the offsite, so we don't, we're not going to hold you. You know, given that you've sat at the helm of AOL, we're a super top executive at at Google, you've been through this journey of web one, web two, and now going into web three. You know, I really have always felt that you have been a unique guy that I've always admired, uh, not only because you've been at the forefront and been very capable, but also I think you're very like, well liked by the people that actually interact with you. And so you live the kind warrior, you know, honey empire stuff that I care about. So I wanna give you those roses and I want everybody to know that truth. 
So I think your perspectives are gonna be powerful. So I'm gonna let you rant here. What, you know, when you think back on looking back at 2022 from a business lens, but feel free to add to that, what, what's your take? You know, Gary, three things. One is I think we moved from the pandemic to the team-demic. One of the things we say at Flowcode is our product is the team and the team is the product. So right now we're a company, we we're basically have no rules on whether we're hybrid or in the office, but because we focus so much on trying to build a great team to build a great product, I, I've noticed like people are, our team is probably 50 to 70% back in the office um, now. And I think just that simple focus on moving to a team-demic where we focus in on team has been, been huge. It's the second thing I think is, um, you know, you and I have lived through these cycles before and we've been in the business for about the same amount of time is I think 2022 will go down as one of the best years to actually invest in things, even though it looked like the world blew up. I think this reminds me a lot of the dot-com bubble and the financial yeah. crisis, which is everybody who ran away this year will be outstripped by the people who decided to stick with it and stay involved. And I think like, I'm super excited about Web3. I think like the decentralization of data and dollars is gonna be like this year will probably end up looking back. Looks like there's a lot of issues right now, but it's probably the biggest year for the kickoff. It's to your point, because you were really in it and I was I was in Jersey, but I was in it because I had a .com in that era. So I was paying attention. You know, I mean, look, it's the stuff that I was putting out all year. 97% of this stuff was gold rush and that's why it's getting beat up. But no question, whether it's NFTs or other blockchain technology, like the two, 3% is gonna be the Amazon AOL PayPal's of that era because they didn't die and they were talented and they were good. It's just hard, you know, for a lot of people who are watching right now that are in NFT land and see their NFTs down 80, 90%, they weren't there in two, they didn't own pets.com stock that they paid $113 for that was three cents. Totally. So they, it's all new for a lot of people because back then to buy stock, in the late 90s, early 2000s, you had to like kind of be of a certain wealth. You had to kind of like know it. Here, everybody learned and was able to do it decentralized, which speaks to the capacity of the opportunity. Totally. And Gary, I think the other thing is like at the world level right now that there's trillions of dollars and trillions of pieces of data that are stuck on, you know, six or seven platforms in the world. And I think that the what you just talked about with NFTs is you can say, you know, whatever happened this year with NFTs and crypto and blockchain and those things. But the reality is that force is too powerful to stop. And I think there's a renaissance period that the Internet felt like the renaissance. I think the real renaissance is actually starting, you know, now. And, I, and the one thing I think you've been really good at, Gary, over the years is one of the books I read this year. I read about 30 books this year. But the one that stands out probably the most is a book by three McKinsey consultants that studied you know, how to success, I studied 2,600 companies and um, out of the 2,600, there were basically 200 that hit all their goals and 2,400 that didn't. And the main characteristic difference between the 2,400 and the 200 were how fast people adapted resources and strategies and how much they did. The 2,400 companies only moved about 1% of their resources into new areas when they came up with the new the strategy of where the world's going. And the 200 companies that were really successful moved between like 10 and, and 40% of their resources. So the last thing for this year is like, are you bold enough as a leader to actually move to this? A lot of stuff that you've been doing and you've done at VaynerMedia and VaynerX, you've been doing it for years and gotten ahead of the market. But I think one of the things I'm doing at Flowcode is, you know, we have a very differentiated offline strategy that helps people get their first party data and first party commerce 
done is even at our company, we've been a little bit ahead of the curve, but can we jam 35% of our resources and time into the new areas of the world? And that's, uh, that's what I'm spending this offsite at with our team right now is, is we have to be bold enough to keep making bold decisions because the market I think is going to change dramatically in 2023. I love it, brother. Listen, I wish we had more time. I adore you Re- really quick. I'm going to sneak one more second. The AI chat, the chat GPT, has this at your radar yet? The, you know, open AI, like the, this chat bot is, it feels for a lot of people the first time they're really seeing AI instead of the bubblegum and tape of the hype. Any thoughts or have you not had the time? Because you're so busy. Biggest, I said this at work the other day. Biggest change I've seen since the start of the internet or the iPhone is I think this is like the internet is a, a horse and chat uh, GPT is like going to um, a, a Tesla. I mean, I think it's the largest single change that's going to affect. The first, it's the first thing that I've seen that I'm like, oh, Google needs to pay attention to this. 100%. First so thing. There's going to be a lot of deplatforming. Yep. Love you, brother. We'll talk soon. Happy holidays. Thanks, Tim. All right. Next up, we're going to bring Olga Osman Kina Jones, who's from Reckitt. And Olga has a pretty exciting job. She's leading the reinvention of the future of intimate health, sexual pleasure, and rights, all guided by consumer desires and needs. We're super excited to have you, Olga. Yeah. Love to call uh, consumers more audiences. So how about just people? Yes. <laughs> yeah, <good. laughs> Very real. Olga, you know, I've had the great fortune of getting to know you. I consider you a friend. And I do really think that you have one of the things that, you know, listen, I've met thousands of people in marketing in the last 13 years. One of the reasons I continue to lean in to our relationship is I feel like you have really good consumer instincts, which, you know, very honestly, the world that I live in where Tim lives, that's more common because there's startups that really in corporate world, it's a little more rare because it becomes a little more corporation. But I, I think, you know, the, the work that you've done at PepsiCo and now record, like it's just very obvious to me that you get it. So from a consumer standpoint, from a human standpoint, to your point, um, what were the big changes in 2022 that really caught your attention? What was an aha? What was an affirmation? What stands out when you think back at uh, 2022? Uh, first of all, Gary, thank you for, for recognizing what I really cherish as I think it is my superpower to stay close to people uh, in the end we serve them. That's why we are here, right? Um, look, I think there was a lot of aha moments. Um, I think reconciling technology and just the role of human factor. Technology kept us together, but put us at a distance in COVID. And I think, um, you know, Tim talked about it as well, but that notion of human touch, whether it is staying close to people we serve or just bringing people we work with together. Remember how wonderful it was for us to get back into a yeah. just brainstorm, have fun with it and open up um, the creativity, creative flow. Uh, impossible to do, I think, over, um, over tech. Love tech does a lot for us, but that human factor being together was a real aha moment. You know, there is a time and place for everything. Look, in terms of how we connect with people, another big aha moment, and that's something we lived through together with you and uh, the whole VaynerX team and Durex in particular brand team is how do we stop just following platforms and kind of jumping on the wagon of whatever it is happening in the world and start shaping uh, how people connect 
with brands. And instead of just, you know, responding to whatever is going on in the world, actually shaping uh, the behavior through very re relevant message, not trying to market the product, but really shaping the lifestyle and providing tools for people to uh, open up a conversation. Uh, what we've been doing with you uh, on TikTok for me is a, is a big um, showcase of that. I think we've learned a lot of what is not working, but we equally celebrated a ton of what is. Well, I think, you know, what's so fun about what's not working is uh, for everybody who's an entrepreneur or startup in big brand land, and Olga's been a superstar in that world, for the last 60 years, a lot of it is you make decisions of smart people and research in boardrooms, and then you spend a lot of money, you know, by our small business and entrepreneur realms on putting it into the world. And so there's a lot of subconscious to the cost mm -hmm. of a mistake. Mm -hmm. What Olga's referring to is for a lot of people who are listening, both marketers at the Fortune 500, but the startups is the model of trying to win on relevance and marketing every day, as if the way they used to, by the way, I've been doing Olga and I like this. I've been looking on a case study that we're building at Boehner of how Betty Crocker was built. And a mm -hmm. lot of it was how we see the world. They did tons of print in different markets, tons of radio in different market with creative that was contextual to the market, then looked at the feedback loops and then made decisions. They didn't have the internet, so it was slower and different. But what's not working is a positive. I put out a piece of content on social the other day of how much I like when my content falls on its face, even though I thought it was going to do mm -hmm. well. It's science, the learning. Yeah, and absolutely. I think big brands are not accustomed to that because even subconsciously, it's like the creative is expensive, but in the model, the creative is not expensive by comparison. And there's a lot of learn. The, the, what doesn't work helps you to find what does work. And that's a powerful framework that hasn't been happening as much in Fortune 500 land. Listen, I couldn't agree more. And frankly, I think the trick is to get out of that space of it's us versus them. It's us and then there are some consumers as if they're aliens. <laughs> How about we just put ourselves in the shoes of people we're trying to serve and uh, stop talking about masses, stop talking about groups that we don't get, but try to actually get under the skin of, of John or Gary or Olga yes. out there. Uh, and frankly, often it's that creating that groundswell, right? As you were saying, contextual, relevant in the moment. Often that approach touches enough of mass to create the snowball effect. And, you know, in my humble opinion, often this concept of uh, connecting at mass is misunderstood. It's not about trying to be everything to everyone. It's just really getting under the skin of people who you need to love what, what it is you're doing in the world and do it right for them. I love that. What else, what else stood out while well, we got a couple minutes? Anything else? Actually, real quick, let me just say hello real quick. Ta Keith L. Bennis, good to see you. Vape Warrior, don't vape, it's not good for you. Vicky J, 12, Matt C <laughs> on LinkedIn. Olga, I love, I love how you read all the names, so spot for. <laughs> here we go. People know we're, we're here with them, Ginger. Yes, absolutely. Hi, everyone. What, uh, <laughs> what else is a hot take of something that caught your attention? Maybe yeah, it's a very yeah. I think it will be very much uh, in your alley. Um, I am watching what's going to happen with Web3, NFTs, this whole space, because yeah. I think right now it's very easy to chicken out, step, step back, and act as if this has never happened. 
And the reality is, you know, anything new always has ups and downs. And it's a question of how we weather the storm and continue to experiment, but not experiment for the sake of technology. Again, understand the value, the utility that we can create for the people we serve and use it, use the tools, whether it's NFT, Web3, whatever it is, use the new tools to just enhance uh, people's experience. I think that's right. I mean, I remember... <clears throat> the internet search engines, the internet stock prices, even people forget, but iPhone apps, there was tons of articles. Uh, there's always FUD. They're like, oh, the apps are not doing as well. The BlackBerry was more than fine. Like, it's just always, this was so spectacular because there was fraud. There, yeah. was, there yeah. was way too much hysteria. You know, people heard what they wanted to. <laughs> Every day I was putting out 99% is going to zero, 97% is yeah. going to zero. People heard what they wanted to. It's easy it to be afraid. Yeah, it happens. But nonetheless, thank you. Happy holidays. Adore you. We'll talk soon. I'll see you Adore soon. Adore you more. Talk soon. Ciao. Thanks, Ilka. All right. Next up, we've got Jessica Williams from Coinbase. Jessica leads brand and marketing partnerships and experiential. She's calling in live from L.A., um, she's focuses on all things Web3 at Coinbase. And before she joined Coinbase two years ago, she held a whole slew of different roles at Visa. Thanks for joining us, Jess. Hey, Gary. It's great to see you, Jess. How Thanks are things? You. Uh, things are great. I'm actually in San Diego, not LA, um, but you know, same for things shit for us East Coasters. It's it's nice and it's cold out here. It's actually um, cold here too. But yes. You know, you know, look, this set up nicely. Both Tim and Olga touched on this. I think um, you know, you're sitting front row one of the biggest companies in the space, you know, um, what's the, you know, boy, oh boy, what, you know, 2022 is going to be a year that you speak to your great, great grandkids about in heaven about like, you know, that was a wild professional year, the ups, the downs, the lefts and right. So would love to get a sense of where, where you take this. Yes, absolutely. Also hard to concentrate while the, um, the hearing is going on with SBF, but, um, is that happening right now? Yeah. Yeah, the Slack channel's gone off. I think 2022 is going to be the year uh, that we um, learned how to do smaller planning cycles. Uh, so no longer do year-long plans work. Uh, you got to plan in quarterly cycles, monthly cycles. And um, as Tim said, be really flexible with your resources and your budgets to shift where it's most needed. Um, I think we saw that we had full plans baked out in 2022 and each month, each quarter, like those got blown up and we had to start again. And um, I think it builds a real muscle with your teams internally to be able to sort of reset and refocus, shift your resources, not worry about what you got hired to do or what you were best at last year, but then to really go where the business is going um, and go where the business is needed. I love that. Um, I think on that same note, uh, we did not plan for the worst uh, in 2022. And at Visa, one of my bosses used to always make us do pre-retros. So what's the worst thing that could happen uh, within this campaign launch, product launch, um, you name it, and let's plan for that. And um, I'm going to make my teams do a bit more of that in 2023. Just what's the worst thing that could happen here and let's make sure we have a plan for that as well. I'm not sure we could have predicted this, but uh, at least maybe we would have been a little more, um, a little more ready. Yep. What, um, 
what you, you know, a lot of people, let's really help people today. A lot of people here are destined to be at the helm of a senior leader or someone negatively affected by, you know, a hard correction, right? You know, 2029, we could go into a very aggressive fast recession. 2037, we may have a world event that creates it. Taking a more optimistic view, what, what nice things come out of a reset that is very painful? You know, uh, what, what, what do you think you've learned? I don't know if you and your career have had a reset of this size. You and I have been in the workforce a little bit longer than some of these 20 year olds. So I don't, I don't know where you were in your professional career. I mean, 2008 is a little while ago now. It is. I actually was working on Lehman uh, when they fell. So no. I, I know where the chaos goes. No, just you worked at Lehman when 2008 hit? I was working as a financial analyst on a company that was doing work for Lehman, yes. I see. So you're affected by it. Wow. Not at, okay. not at Lehman, but uh, yeah. very similar, like very involved in the industry. Yes. Um, I think for me and what I see is that um, there's going to be a real opportunity for smaller, leaner teams, less hierarchy, clearer alignment, more tests and learns, less, you know, sort of polished everything. And I think this gives both young and more senior people time to really grow and really um, dig in, do more things, uh, be responsible for um, more impact. I think within every business, layoffs are never easy, and I would never wish that upon any company or any person. But I do think it provides an opportunity for people to really stretch both out and up, um, and it gives more people more opportunity to launch and grow and uh, lean into places that they may not have in the past. And I think that's a real opportunity for everyone across all industries. Um, not just big tech. What um what else on the consumer lens? Oh. All right. What else on the consumer lens are you seeing? <laughs> yeah. Um I think the big one that I have been loving is well, that Andrea, first of all, Andrea, get her back on. We gotta <laughs> even even if it looks a little good, yeah, Dustin's good. That was so good. You'd be in there that fast. Wow. I'm really impressed. Like you really got my back. Thank you. Hey, I love Jess. We're, I, love, I, you. I love you. So I'm, we're all I here. Also, I know. also like clicking and doing nine things at once and click <laughs> the wrong tab. Let me finish this off because Andrew's yeah. going to take over here in a second. What, uh, what else do you see uh, on the consumer lens that really caught your attention? Like, um, by the way, it could be outside of Web3. It might be something, your favorite brand in cereal or handbags or like what What was? What else was interesting in 2022? Uh, I honestly just think this hundred, this thousandth true fans um, mentality has grown so significantly, even for large brands. Um, I love the idea that, um, you know, Nike isn't, I mean, they're still interested in the mass media, but that they are really speaking to there are a thousand true fans through dot swoosh launch. Um, same thing with Starbucks. Like they are obviously looking for everyone, but really focused on their true fans who are going to launch with them on Odyssey. Um, I think we're going to see more and more of that where um, you don't necessarily need every single person. You really need those people who are most vocal, most interested, um, and who are going to do the thing that you want them to do. Um, I also feel like decentralized everything is exciting to me. Um, not the same sort of powers in the hands of, you know, 10 or 20 big companies, but that we're seeing everyone proliferate across so many different mediums, 
and brands and access points um, that we're going to see smaller businesses really rise to the top because they're going to be able to find these niches um, where decentralization comes first. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, one last one last question for me personally. We've we've had a, there's a lot of people here who go to business events, do event marketing. You and I have had the luxury of like intersecting a little bit on that, um, and uh, I'd love to get your observations on that space. The, there's a lot of B2B people that listen to this and watch this. What is the value of when you look back in 2022 of in-person events in the looming next decade of metaverse? Like, wh- what do you think happens there? What's the good? What what could be better? What are your thoughts? I think that um, we will continue to thrive on in-person events. I don't think there's anything that um, comes over in real life relationships that are built at events. Um, I do think we need to make them more accessible to everyone so that it doesn't only lay in the hands of the few. However, what I've come to realize is that you don't need the massive party or the the biggest experiential, what you need to do is provide um, a good experience with the right people in the room. And that is all that truly matters. And so I feel like a real focus on the quality um, of the people and the experience, and that doesn't have to be a full experiential, but it could just be a really engaging brunch with a fun, you know, like um, uh, at Red Bull did at Art Basel, where, you know, they brought a bunch of creators together and doodled on a car. It was fun. It was engaging. And it brought the right people in the room to have a really meaningful conversation that I think can never be replaced. And I encourage folks to create those experiences where folks come and they feel when they left that um, a large impact on their future could be made. I love that. Thank you. Happy holidays. Great spending time with you this year. Looking forward to more. Thanks, Gary, so much for having me. Thanks, Jess. And thank you, Gary. The end of a year. I can't believe it. I'm going to go to my Discord right now. GaryV.com slash Discord. Come and hang there as you guys continue it. Andrew, great year of this show. You've got some killers on here, so keep it going. Thanks so much for listening or watching to that episode of the Gary V Audio Experience. We really hope you enjoy it, and we hope to see you next time.